is on the rise. Demons battle to possess our souls and drag us one step closer to hell. But now, there is a gathering of spiritual warriors who defend us against the devil's minions. Go back to hell! St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. And unite to banish the demons in our midst. This was the case that Opened my eyes. This 17-year-old girl was so distraught that she would do anything to talk to her dad one more time. Disturbing things started happening. You could feel the presence. It, it was just terrifying. We ended up having our very first demonic experience. It frightened me. And fight me to the core. Demons wait patiently for the ultimate checkmate, the rise of the Antichrist, which will lead to the final battle between good and evil. <laughs> Until then, the spiritual warfare will continue. These are the true stories of the Legion of Exorcists. Hi, and welcome to Greetings from Beyond Radio. In case you're wondering why I am by myself right now, that's because Rich and the rest of the cast of the Legion of Exorcists is backstage. And let me tell you something. I already spent a little time with them. They're a rowdy bunch, so uh, be prepared. There's definitely a lot of big personalities backstage. Uh, Jen, if you want to go ahead and pull up how you can listen to our podcast. I know I have to go through the regular spiel there. I know you can catch us on YouTube and Facebook. And we also have a whole list of podcast providers coming up. Spotify is one of them. Apple. I'm going from memory here, folks. This is usually Rich's spiel. Anyway, we can uh, go ahead and post that up later in case you're wondering. Tonight is a very special show. Last week, last Thursday, was the premiere of Eli Ross. Okay, here we go. Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, iHeart, Paralinks, 
Amazon Music, Podcast Index, Listen Notes, Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, Apple, that are very particular. You have to have Apple products for that. Pandora, just to name a few. All right. Thanks, Jen. So last Thursday was an exciting day. Uh, I have known Rich since 2007, and I have to say I'm very proud that I'm here tonight and that I am able to interview him as part of the cast of Eli Ross' new show. So, Jen, let's go ahead and bring our cast members. Now, they've already been warned that I am a teacher, so they're going to have to raise a quiet hand before they can participate. Oh, there he is. There's the man, the myth, the legend, the goatee that we know is Rich Valdez. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And we also have Bishop Rita Strugala. Thank goodness I saw the show, so I knew how to pronounce your last name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we have Scott Johnson. Now everybody's picture is going to start getting smaller and smaller. We have Sean Whittington. Thank you, Sean. And Bishop James Long, which I am, I have to tell you, oh, Donnie made it. We have Donnie Williams. He was not backstage with us before. He made it. Yay. Way to go, Donnie. Way to go, Donnie. I'm sorry. I was in the session. My apologies. What did I tell you? Yeah. She said you were exercising somebody. No, I was. All right. First of all, I have to do my thing. Oh, oh. I love it. Sean has raised a quiet hand. See, he listened to me backstage. Yes, Sean. I would like to start with two chicken egg rolls, an order of chow mein, and How I would like I to see this coming. I Are would like to get that rich. I would like the Beijing beef bowl. That's what? your nickname. The Beijing beef bowl. <laughs> what? The Beijing what? beef bowl. It's new on the menu. I want to try it. No food for you. <laughs> see what i said folks see what i said see what um, i'm gonna deal with hey well there's a price to pay bishop james long i have to say i've been waiting literally years to be able to speak with you um working with rich for so long i've heard about you for so many years so it is uh, a pleasure to finally get to kind of sort of meet you face to face. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. Uh, well, we are excited about tonight. So let's just jump right into it. I know that one of the things that Rich has spoken to me about, we actually had an entire show about the difference between um, the paranormal and dealing with demons and demonology and exorcisms and things like that. So if you had each one in turn, if you had to describe what you think this your new show, The Legion of Exorcists, is it paranormal or is it something completely different? We're going to start with Bishop Rita. Um, it's, it's supposed to be about uh, the demons and that which are definitely very different than just paranormal. Um, there's a lot of different distinctions between it. Um, it's, you know, people do suffer from this. And up until, you know, just a little while ago, not very long ago, the only way you could really get any relief or that you would know about out there was to petition the Vatican. 
And uh, now you've got others out here that are doing that. But yeah, it is, it's very, it's completely different. To me, it's completely different than the paranormal. Okay. James, Miss Bishop James Long. See, I want to call uh, you James. I've known you for so many years vicariously through Rich. No, I've, I've been called worse. <laughs> uh, you can call me and just say, hey. Um, no, I've said it for a long, long time. Uh, demonology is not uh, paranormal. Demonology is theological. You cannot take theology from demonology. It is virtually impossible. There are 58 Bible verses uh, that talks about exorcisms. And so you cannot remove theology from demonology. You just simply can't, and, and uh, or, or even angelology for that matter. So I love the paranormal. I love the paranormal community, but I separate the two. I mean, we're talking ancient Mesopotamia from the beginnings of uh, demons where we begin to see the attacks of incubus and succubus these are ancient beings these are ancient creatures this is not paranormal this is not you're not chasing bigfoot you're not chasing vampires you're, you're chasing something that is actually quite intent on harming you and harming the very creator that that created us so uh it, it is theological it, it, from my perspective it's not paranormal sean how do you feel i uh, in my humble opinion, you know, I've been told for years by friends of mine and, and colleagues in this industry that uh, you can't marry the two together. Um, horror, paranormal, uh, demonology, deliverance ministry, exorcism. Uh, this show has done it so brilliantly. Um, you know, I want to give a shout out to uh, Travel Channel, Eli Roth, Brian Knappmiller, uh Allison Berkeley, Joseph Freed, they they put together such a, a wonderful uh, product. And I know we're all, we've all put our blood, sweat, and tears into this, and we're all so proud of it. But it's been done, and this show proves it. But the real message here that I hope everybody gets that's out there watching, there's messages in this show that even we didn't intend to uh, be put out there. This was all laid in our laps by God, and this was all put together by God, and we're all here because of God. The show, it's God's show. I mean, we can thank God, you know, first and foremost above everything, and I hope the message people get is that you're never alone, and what you see in the show is very real, and you have to be careful, but you're, uh, it's, it's all God, and, um, we hope people see that in this show that uh, that uh, he, he's responsible for everything and, and he can save you. Scott. Yeah, I think that um, it's not paranormal. Um, I think the paranormal community is really awesome. But um, like Sean and Bishop have said and like Rita have said, this is a show that points to Jesus. And you can't have what we do without that. Our faith is the only weapon we have. And so is this paranormal? No, uh, which is probably why it'll be misunderstood by the paranormal community, uh, because this is the first kind of show it is that, or that's like this. And so I, I, I don't think this is paranormal. This is a spiritual, real life, eternal situation that's going on um, that, that Jesus has us working with him on. And I think that's what this show points to ultimately. All right. And Donnie. 
Well, uh, I have to agree with um, everyone so far uh, that spoke on this matter. Uh, in my opinion, this has nothing to do with the paranormal community. This is evil that has real cases of evil that's affecting people here on this, this world, in this country. And uh, our situations, our cases that we have, these are real actual cases that people are, are, are feeling that are that they are dealing with all the time. So uh, God is in it. You know, we need the Lord, just like Scott was saying, we need Jesus in order to, to do this, in order to set people free. He sets them free. Uh, deliverance, exorcism is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not the work of us. The Holy Spirit is actually, is the one that's delivering uh, these people. And without the Holy Spirit, then we're, we're nothing. So we're not we're not out there to investigate whether demons are in the house. These are actual real cases. Whether the enemy is really uh, trying to harm and destroy the lives of people. Right, Rich. I have to agree with my colleagues. Um, I've always stated it: paranormal and theology do not mix. Unfortunately, over the years, there's been a big misconception between the two. Uh, it's been, theology has been uh, dragged kicking and screaming into the paranormal because technically the only thing it has in common is that it's spiritual. That's it. Uh, you're dealing with human spirit in one hand, and then you're dealing with uh, beings that have existed since before mankind was even created. And they know all of our weaknesses. They know how to destroy us, the ones that fell. And those are the ones that we are con constantly combating. And the, unfortunately, uh, the paranormal field has uh, said, well, I've seen a few episodes of Supernatural, so I think I can actually go in there and do the same thing. It's not. It, it takes years of training. It takes years of study. And that is one of the things that a lot of people don't seem to understand and take under consideration. And they take for granted that there are people like myself and the rest of the crew here that have been trained to do this. And unfortunately, they go about it and they not only hurt themselves, but most importantly, the victim that's already being victimized and their family. And uh, to answer a question that actually came up, if our producer can bring it up, and it was from Olga, and it was a very good question. And I'd like to answer that question if possible. Um, let me see if I can get to it before Jen can. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Do you guys get attacked more because you are telling people your experiences? I believe so. I know I have, and they, they all know I have, and Vicky does too. <clears throat> but uh, once the spotlight has been put on what we are bringing forth with the Legion of Exorcists, it's not only going to be physical ailments and attacks, it's going to be spiritual in nature. And also, it's going to influence people to also talk very badly of us without even having any idea as to what's really going on. Uh, and I've already seen it, but the, the, the true cause for all of us is move forward, march forward. Don't listen to that. Just keep doing what God has put us here to do. Yeah. Now, why we're, we're still talking a little bit about the paranormal, I know, obviously, Rich, you have experience as a paranormal investigator. Has anyone else ever been an actual investigator in regards to the paranormal? Okay. All right. And so, so, 
Yeah. So what made you change your focus from being a paranormal investigator to being someone who trains and goes forward and puts yourself on the line to help other people when it comes to uh, demonic infestations? What made you um, really change your focus? I'll start with Sean. I was just trying to have fun, but at mm. the same time, I was trying to help a coworker of all things who was, I, I was working at an animal hospital at the time that was haunted and whatever was there attached itself to one of my coworkers. And she knew I had a passion for the paranormal. And then I, my wife and I did uh, investigations. So she asked us over to her house and I, I really didn't know what I was doing. And I made a big mistake and I'm, I'm not judging anybody. And I know I'm going to get hate mail for this, but we used a Ouija board at this case to try and communicate with which with was what was there. And that was a big mistake. We, we didn't know what we were doing and whatever was there followed us home and took up residence in our home for a couple of months. And it was really, really, really bad. And it wasn't a disembodied human spirit. It was something extremely malevolent and um, demonic in nature. And uh, it, it was just really bad. So basically that opened my eyes. It was like the mother load of all haunts just, you know, in my world now, my world was upside down. You know, my, my wife was under attack. I was under attack. So I reached out into the paranormal community. And once they came through for me and they introduced me to my then mentor, uh, let me give a big shout out now to Bishop Long. He's currently literally my, my bishop. I'm in the seminary of United States Old Catholic Church now, but back then, my mentor was another female exorcist. I've only known two of them in my life. Rita's one, and my first mentor was another one. She helped me fight this thing out of our house, and when she was done and we successfully got it out of the house, uh, she saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, and she said, you know what? I think you would, <laughs> you would be a good exorcist. Um, would you like to, you know, train with me? And I pretty much would have said yes to anything at that point because I was so relieved to be out from under the torment that I had been going through. So I entered that some training into that field. So I, you know, Rich had said it earlier, and it's the same with me. I got drug into this field, kicking and screaming, literally. Uh, but that opened my eyes to it, and that was my hardcore, upside-the-head introduction into the world of spiritual warfare. Rita, how did you switch from a paranormal investigator to be able to be a bishop who helps people in these situations? Um, I kind of got dragged there kicking and screaming. <laughs> uh, we see a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus made it very clear to me that that's what he was, the direction he wanted me to go in. And all my life, I had done everything I could to stay away from the darkness. And my cases, every time they would get darker and darker and darker. And I knew I could feel it coming. I didn't want anything to do with it. And I'd been doing paranormal for, at that point, it was right around 40 years. Um, I did not want to get into the darkness, um, but he kept making it very apparent that that's the way he wanted me to go. And after each and every one of those cases that would get harder each time, um, at the end, something would happen that there was no other explanation for than, see, I've got your back. And this went on for a year, for an entire year. Every time he would push me in that direction, I would say, no, I don't want to do this. Lord, please don't make me do this. I don't want to do it. 
And then there came the one time after about a year of this, um, there came that one case where he literally threw me into my worst nightmare and showed me how to get out of it to help that person. And it was so incredible. It was so epic in my life. It's probably the, the most important thing that I has ever happened to me. I knew where it was coming from. And I knew once again, there was, see, I've got your back. And I was just like, you know what, Lord, I, I'm, I've got it. I got it. You want me to do this? I'll do it. I would not, I would not advocate for someone to do it if they did not feel it was their calling. I felt it was my calling. I just was trying to resist my calling. Um, but that's what got me into it. Jesus did. Amen. What about you, Scott? I, part of my kicking and streaming was involved in the, I, I did the paranormal investigation as more of a learning experience. Um, but I very much quickly learned that's not where I'm supposed to be. I, I did not enjoy, I was with a great team and they're great people. And we did a lot of things together and then exorcisms became a part of that. Um, but eventually things happened in their life and I'm just, it's, it's just too much uh, collecting data and piecing things together that, that really have nothing to do with the problem at hand. Um, and that's nothing against paranormal investigators. I mean, I kind of got the message from God when my truck was broken into and I had like all my ghost hunting equipment in it and somebody stole it. Oh. Um, and the police department recovered it, but then decided not to give it back to me. So I was like, okay, God, um, I guess we're done with that. Um, and then that's when the other doors specifically for exorcism and demonology really kind of cracked open. Well, we have quite a few um, of you that actually began as paranormal investigators. I have to say, um, my mom, when she was growing up, she was Pentecostal, and then she became a Southern Baptist, so I was raised Southern Baptist. And my mom often says, there are angels and demons and nothing in between. So what, I'm very curious to hear your opinions on this. We'll start with Rich. Because you've heard me say this quote from my mom many times. There's angels and demons and nothing in between. What do you think about that? Well, knowing, having known your mom, and may she rest in peace, uh, the nothing in between, um, I think she was referring to ghosts or spirits. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is uh, I, I believe there is more than enough in between. Uh, it's a matter of, as I've stated before in many interviews, it's what the Bible states, test the spirits. And when it states test the spirits, it doesn't mean, you know, angels and demons only. It means anything that's considered spiritual because you have to. And um, they do exist. There are paranormal situations where there are human spirits, ghosts, hauntings, uh, residual hauntings, things like that that happen. And you have to know how to define uh, that from an actual infestation, oppression, possession, and so on, because once it crosses that line and it goes into, you know, demonic, you're no longer in the paranormal, you're in theology. So uh, I've always stated, and I've always believed having come from old school, having read books from Hans Holzer and Ed and Lorraine Warren's back in the day, 
that it does very much exist and still, you know, uh, investigating the paranormal to this very day, I know there's a difference, but um, there's a place and time for everything. And I, I, I know that there's people out there that seem to want to merge the two, but you can't. So I have always said, you know, there's heaven, there's hell, and then there's the in-between. And that's pretty much where we're at, which is earth. But I kind of believe that uh, we, we kind of live in, in, in a plane of hell here on earth because, you know, although we do have the presence of the Holy Spirit upon us here, and that's, you know, the grace that we have, um, we, we live in, in a living hell. It's what we make out of it while we're here. We can either make it blessings or we can make it curses. Donnie, let's get you in the conversation. What do you think about that statement? There's angels and demons and nothing in between. Well, in the unseen world, I think there's a lot in between. Uh, I've just know just what I've encountered um, since I've been doing um, um, exorcisms. I've encountered uh, fallen angels. They don't call themselves demons. They they said they're fallen angels. I've encountered alien spirits, um, and they don't call themselves demons either. And then you got human spirits. Um, so there's a lot in the unseen world that we haven't even into so i'm just open-minded and, and the holy spirit just bringing these things up and uh, we just deal with it i treat them the same though i treat the the fallen angels and uh and the alien spirits i treat them all as demons but but when you encounter them they'll tell you differently so um i just think there's a lot in the unseen world uh that we don't know of and uh we just have to be led by the lord how to to, to deal with that so that's interesting. You say that when you come across something that identifies itself as alien, you would use the same techniques on that as you would if you were going after a demon? Absolutely. I treat them all. I mean, you know, they're not of God. So I just, I, you know, I, you know, some people cast them out to the uh, to the abyss. I cast them out to the pit of to the pit of hell. Um, you know, because uh, they're not there's not anything holy or godly about them. They're not humans, so there's are spirits. They're unclean spirits, because they're in a person. They're trying to hurt them. They're trying to harm them. Harm them. So there's no there's no good reason for them to be in a person, other than to torment them and harass them. So I just treat them all as demons. That's my personal way of dealing with them. Okay, we had an excellent question. If Jen can pull it back up from Bob, and it was about. Here we go. Outside of the television show, will this group be active? Are there plans on other groups being formed? So not just for the show. Are you guys forming some kind of network at the very least where people can reach out and get help from people as trained as you are? Uh, Bishop James Lawn, do you have any plans of making um, a network? I know that you're, you were responsible for the paranormal clergy. Um, of which my team is an affiliate, by the way. Um, do you have any plans of making this some kind of network where people can reach out and have easy access? Because we all know how difficult it is. You go online, you start Googling, you find people, you have links that aren't active, you have emails that go unanswered, you have all that. So to be able to have a resource such as everybody we have here on the screen, are there any plans for that? No, no. Absolutely not. 
I, I have over 10,000 emails and uh, 14,000 emails on TikTok and 9,000 emails from my private emails. Uh, I am I am overwhelmed at the. I've been doing this for over two decades. This is why I started the paranormal clergy because I cannot, I cannot form a network on top of being an abbot, being the presiding bishop, being the vocations director, teaching our seminarians, being a vocations director, uh, being a chaplain at the hospital. I don't have time. I, I simply don't have time. So, uh, because I did that before, and when I did it before, I stretched myself so thin. Uh, that I was 420 pounds. And so I, I was literally dying. And I thought, okay, I, I got to stop this because I got to take care of myself because I was trying to be everything for everybody. So I, that's one of the reasons why I, I had to give the paranormal clergy at Rich. I, I can't, I can't, I, there's no way I can do this. So uh, if there's a, a somebody in Florida and they contact me, I might contact Rich. Or if I have no a team that's in Florida, I'll say, look, you guys got to go out there and investigate. Uh, but I, I'll always do that. Uh, but as far as actively uh, creating a, a network, all, I, I don't have time. I just my, my priority right now is the church and the seminarians. Uh, and the, Rich is doing a fantastic job with the uh, with the paranormal clergy. And so I rely on him for that uh, because clergy is it, one. Of the big problem with the clergy is we have a, a heart of a giver. And many times we give so much that it becomes detrimental to our own health mm -hmm. because we forget that we deserve the same love we give everybody else. And because we're so constantly worrying about other people, which is good and you should, but you've also got to take time for yourself and say, okay, I can't do everything. And that was my problem. I've had to learn to humble myself and learn that I can't do everything. I just can't. And this is why you have to rely on laity. You have to. And thank God I have rich uh, because if I had not had rich, the paranormal clergy would have died. Plain and simple. So, Rich, do you want to take over uh, having some kind of network of people that can help? Already have. I mean, that's why the paranormal clergy was started by Bishop Long over 20 years ago. I know that, but now do all of those teams have somebody like Sean and Rita and Scott and Donnie? Do they all have somebody like them at their disposal? Well, whatever team we do have available in Ohio, I know would more than likely have Scott available to them because he's in Ohio. Um, if we have other teams that are within the vicinity that we have teams in, because the, the, the whole paranormal clergy, the whole reason for it was to actually have a network of different paranormal teams that worked in tow with the clergy. So the whole purpose is you know, and I'll make the offer to everybody else here, you know, other than Scott, he already knows because he, he's already part of the paranormal clergy. But, you know, I'll make the offer to, you know, of course, Donnie, Tarita, and, and you know, Mr. I like Chinese food over here, um, uh, Mr. Whittington. Um, <laughs> if you guys want to make yourselves available in your particular area and we happen to have a team that's there, a paranormal team that does need clergy to come in and take over, by all means, join the team. Because that's one of the one of the goals that Bishop and I actually did try to establish when Bishop was still, you know, helping run things. Bishop is still part of the paranormal clergy, but at, you know, at, at the extent as clergy. Clergy. So, and, and that's it. Um, I run everything else. So if we ever have a case in Kentucky, I hand it over to Bishop because he's in Kentucky. 
you know. Uh, but anyone else that wants to take over in their respective state or, or city or whatever surrounding areas they're in, by all means, uh, we're always looking for legitimate clergy. We've had plenty come through that have stated they are clergy and then come to find out they really don't have the credentials to actually call themselves that. So well, while we're talking about credentials is a good segue into the next uh, question. What are everyone's credentials? Let's start with Donnie this time. I'm an ordained pastor. I've been involved with the ministry of deliverance for 18 and a half years now. And uh, I have uh, five pastors with me that assist me with um, exorcisms, inner healing, things like that. Uh, and we're pretty busy here in the South, here in Georgia. Um, I'm pretty much out of town almost every weekend, ministry during the week. But uh, just like what Bishop Long is saying, that you got to have balance. So I'm starting to just kind of cut back a little bit off of, off a lot of this stuff. But but uh, the Lord called me to this ministry um, 18 and a half years ago, and um, and I know that's what He wants me to do. And I was officially ordained, and I've been actively doing it ever since. Scott, where what are your credentials and where are you located in case someone actually needs to reach out to you? I am in uh, Middletown, Ohio, uh, which is literally bet right between Dayton and Cincinnati. Um, and so um, my credentials, I'm an ordained minister. I went to seminary. Um, I am a certified religious demonologist um, through another uh church clergy based group other than like the old catholic the united states old catholic church is about the only one other than the one i went through that i know that does those things um so i you know i went through all the training and stuff i had a mentor who was a catholic priest um exorcist um and so um i'm a protestant um so that kind of rocked my world for a while um but um you know that's those are my qualifications other than jesus making me do it i mean that's what um that's what uh that's why i'm here <laughs> um bishop rita i noticed that on the show you had i think you had the title of reverend was that on the show when it first started and now you're a bishop tell us about that when we first started out um filming and that there was quite a lag time in between and that i was a a, a reverend at the time during the actual filming um well in between the two different times of filming um i had i had been with another church um i'm with uh i'm a bishop with the uh cross old catholic church and my archbishop um you know they all knew that i do exorcism i've been doing exorcism before even being with them they did not have someone who could do that um and so they wanted to make me put me in that position and with the old catholic um and you need to be a bishop or a priest um, that has a bishop that, you know, will you know, sign off on me doing exorcism. I've been doing exorcisms now for almost a decade. Um, when I wasn't a reverend. Um, I was an exorcist at that time. Um, I was studying under three. I, one was a bishop, exorcist bishop, two priests, exorcist priests. They were my mentors. Um, I was with them for three years, pretty much taught me everything I know, everything that I do. Um, and that's, that's basically how I got to where I'm at. 
Sean, what about you? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt just for a quick second and say that I think I saw Jen posted something about the audio. I think it's Rita's mic. Rita, do you have your hair on your mic? Is your mic around your neck? It's on my phone. I'm not touching it. I'm nowhere near it. Hmm. Because when she talks, it's when we get the bad, the bad connection there. Maybe it's her. I'm not sure. Maybe it's her Wi-Fi or her phone signal in her area. But I think it's Rita. Um, well, before I before I did the show, I was an ordained exorcism deliverance minister through a Christian university and a member of an exorcism association. But since doing the show and meeting the... Uh, famous Bishop James Long. Um, I have turned the page on all that. Now I'm just a seminarian in the United States Old Catholic Church, and I am currently just concentrating on that, uh, you know, my studies and, and getting through that and, um, you know, making it to the priesthood. So I still get a lot of phone calls. I have a list longer than both arms of people needing help, uh, lots of messages, nowhere near the amount that Bishop Long has, but I have, uh, my wife was telling me the other day, you better get, you better take a look at that. You got a couple of hundred messages there. I just try my best to get through it, uh, get to the messages, reach out to the people that need help. And I do as much as I can counseling over the phone and try and get people, because most of the time people are the ones that have the power to turn their life around and get their, you know, take care of their own situation. Um, they have to have faith in that. And I try to get people uh, help that way with counseling. If that doesn't work, I try to find somebody, a paranormal team or paranormal clergy in their area that can help them. Uh, but I personally am not going out in the field any longer until I, um, I become a priest. And then we'll see what God has in store for me then. Okay. Bishop James Long, everybody here, uh, as you can tell, are great admirers of you. What is your um, credentials, your education? I, I didn't say that. <laughs> yes, you did. You implied it. It was inferred, okay? No. You, you know what? Here, here's, a, here's the thing. I, I worked really, really hard at, at trying to help. You know, and I think we all, we all have, trying to help other people. Uh, the greatest compliment that someone can give you is not because they saw you on TV. The greatest compliment that someone can give you is that you've helped them grow closer to God. There's no greater compliment that, that someone can give you. So TV, to me, is irrelevant. That's secondary. It's the fact that we help gr people grow closer to God. Now, that's a compliment that I that touches my heart. Uh, that's what I want to be known for. That's the most important thing for me. I, I knew I wanted to be a priest of five. Uh, my, I grew up in a very conservative Roman Catholic family. I studied for the Roman Catholic priesthood for six years. I studied with the Benedictines and the Jesuits at uh, Loyola University in Chicago and went on to graduate school. And so I finished my doctorate in ministry, my master's of divinity and master of education, and master of business. But I, I, to me, school is very important. And I, I think because I actually had uh, issues with school as a child. So I had, I don't know if it was, um, I don't know what they, they would, didn't label, I struggled with school. And so for me, education has always been very, very, imp very important. Academics was crucial. And so th that's, you know, that's, that's what I try to bring to the seminaries. And I'm proud of Sean. Sean's doing a fantastic job. I mean, he's, 
you know, he's in his 80s and he's back in the seminary and doing a great job, doing a great job. And he should be really proud of himself. It takes him, it takes a little time to, you know, finish his Metamucil. But once he gets it down, <laughs> once he gets it, once he gets it down, then he focuses on his on his studies. So I'm proud of him. Well, everybody gets on me for, you know, I don't wear pants a lot. And I'll tell you why. My pants, <laughs> the, the pens doesn't fit well under them. I, and it, it's. Um, it's just really uncomfortable. So I'd rather just go around with like, you know, the adult diaper. It's not a bad look because I still have the clergy shirt. And um, usually... Folks, this is this is when we all say the power of Christ compels you, Sean. That's yes. exactly when all of us say yeah. that. We don't, we don't need that image. Of the squeaky I think I look pretty good for 80. Um, you know, it's never too late. All you people out there that are, you know, never too late. The sumo wrestling look doesn't do you well. <laughs> well, it's obvious that you all have created these friendships and these relationships. How did the whole TV production, how did it begin? Like, who was the first one? How did you all come aboard? I, I, I'll i go first. I'm not sure. Um, I have a, a funny story to tell you about filming. And we, we all had this huge, I didn't, I knew of a couple of these weirdos, but I'd never met or worked with any of them before the show. Weirdos. And so right before um, uh, we did this, we met in LA for the first time, we got together for a big, the director got us together for a big Zoom meeting where we all met each other. And it was so funny because Scott introduced himself as Shrek. He didn't say his real name. He just said, just call me Shrek. And I was so confused at that. I, I didn't want to push it. I just met the guy. He's kind of scary looking. I didn't want to push it. So I just said, okay, I'm just going to call this dude Shrek. Well, by the time we went to filming and all that, and I realized, you know, he's, he's just a bigger, heavier, sweatier version than me. He's kind of like a family. Um, we're both very squatchy. He, um, we're in this line and the director's having us come into the church one at a time and taking promotional shots of us. I'm behind him. And it just dawned on me. And I even said out loud, I said, you know, I, when he introduced himself as Shrek to me in the zoom meeting, I didn't get it, but I realized now I didn't see him from behind. And then I realized, you know, okay, that, it, that fit there. Um, and now I totally forgot what your question was. <laughs> How did the show get started? How did, oh, did the producers I, reach out and get all of you? I just, before the pandemic, I got a call from some guy who I thought was a, a crazy man. I'm a producer and I want to do a show on demonic possession and exorcism. Would you like to be a part of it? I said, no. <laughs> no. Because I didn't think it could be done. And that's why I'm so proud of the product we've put out there. I don't care if it goes to a season two or how many people don't enjoy the show. I'm so proud of, of, of the show that it's just, you know, it doesn't matter. I just, they put out such a good product, but that's what happened. And it took a couple of phone calls till I realized this guy was legitimate. And then every conversation I had, if that went well, I guess I got bumped up to the next dude up on the, ladder of seniority and so i just after talking to three or four of the producers at marwar junction productions uh uh i was actually in my a couple of years later a matter of fact 
I was in my car. I just went to Del Taco. I know Rich is going to get mad because I didn't go by the Chinese restaurant that he works at. And I went to Del Taco with my wife. We'd actually just ordered food, and I'm in the car eating. And my phone, cell phone rings. I don't recognize the number. I'm like, that's got to be Rich. He's going to be mad at me that I didn't swing by for, you know, an order there. So I answered the phone, and it was they were having a big group chat, you know, um, chat, whatever you call it, on the phone. Uh, everybody was there at the production company, the director and the producers and all that. And they offered me the job. And um, so I accepted it with a mouthful of bean and cheese burrito in my car outside of Taco Bell or a Del Taco. And the rest is history. And um, But at first, I thought the guy that reached out to me originally was was just, you know, joking with me. Um, but, oh, my gosh, they did such a great job. They've done what I've never, ever seen on TV before or anywhere else for that matter put out this type of product and uh, they've done us so proud and we're so proud of, of the project that they put out. All right. We have a question and I think this is more for Donnie. Um, regarding I don't think regarding that's what you said about treating all spirits like demons, this is deep hold on what if the lower vibing entity had the ability to ascend, increase frequency, repent. Mm -hmm. Hence, a step closer to heaven, 12D, 144,000 hertz, I guess that is. One step further along that line, shouldn't we pray that Satan be saved? No, they've already been judged by God already. So, no, I'm not, no, we can't, we can't pray for, for a fallen angel or a demon or, 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 or alien demon to, or alien spirit to be saved. They've already been judged. So I just sent them to, the Lord can deal with them uh, either to the pit or to his feet or whatever. But no, you can't pray, in my my opinion, uh, but you can't pray for a demon to be saved or or, or, or a fallen angel to be saved uh, because they've already been judged by the Lord. Rich, do you have anything? Oh, Scott, he raised a hand too. Look, you guys followed my directions from the beginning. Yes, Scott. That's because me and Sean are the problem students, so we yeah. have to get your attention. Um, I just I agree 100% with Donnie. Um, this is where the theological part comes in because, again, angels and demons, what is different about them is they are not imago dei, like human beings. They are not made in the image and likeness of God. They do not have a soul. Therefore, they cannot repent and they cannot be saved. Um, so if they if, if they fall away they have eternally jeopardized their standing in the kingdom and are kicked out. Um, so every spirit or whatever it presents itself, like Donnie said, uh, the book of Jude says that those have already been judged and put in chains in the blackest darkness awaiting the day of judgment. So um, there is no, you can't save Satan. He's, he's already, his head is already crushed. Maybe the audio is, is, is Scott's problem. <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> um, Bishop Long, were you one of the first ones, do you think, contacted for the show since you have a relationship with... You know, I, I really don't know. I, I don't know who was uh, contacted before or after me. I, they just uh, said the same thing uh, to me. They said, Sean, about the show, and I was very skeptical. 
And then um, my main concern was our, I'm not interested in sensationalizing it. I'm not interested in, um, in pretending. I'm, uh, I'm not interested in uh, you telling me uh, what, um, what happened. I, I mean, as far as if I go to tell you what happened on the, on the, on the, the case, uh, we're not going to add 15 million things that didn't happen. You know, I'm not going to start talking about aliens flying in the sky when you know, aliens didn't fly in the sky. And uh, so the, the director really did a fantastic job with it. He really did. Brian worked very hard, very hard with that because, you know, it, there was a lot of work to that, especially how he, you know, how you're supposed to address the issues and the questions. But no, I don't know. I have no idea if I was, I don't know who was, when I was asked. Rita, did you have something to add? Unmute. Hi. <laughs> I was just going to say that um, I had gotten a, a uh, an email on LinkedIn. Um, I, that's how they found me, and I didn't find it for over a month. I, I don't go out and check my messages, obviously, very long, very, very much. But I had seen that, and my first concern was, I mean, I've, I've had others approach me about doing something along these lines, not exactly like this, but along some, some kind of line like this. And it's never worked out. It's never been um, what they said it would be kind of thing. And, and so I was like, the others, I was very uh, skeptical about it. Um, I really didn't expect anything to come of it. Um, they said when I, when I had uh, gotten to them about it, he said, well, we've got to take it and do an interview and that we've got to take it to the to uh, the uh, network within the next week. So I, I I thought I was the last one that came along board, but um, Rich told me he was the last one that came on board. Um, but my, my concern, my major concern with doing this show at all was that we would not be able to say that the reason that we can do what we do is because of Christ. Because Father God has put us here. This is, that was my biggest fear was that they were going to, if I even said anything about that at all, that it would be cut out and laying on the floor in some editing room. And um, I was so impressed how top rate these people were. They never told us, you know, don't ever say, you know, don't talk about Jesus. Don't talk about God. Don't talk about your spirituality. None of that. It was all just, you know, this is your question, answer it. And we did. And all, all of us, that's, I think one of the things I'm, I'm speaking for everybody here, but I think that's one of the things that impressed all of us. Yeah. Rich. I held my hand up. So I saw you and you were so patient. You yes. waited. You're so nice and quiet till I got to you. So um, one of the things I did notice and, and it was, I, I, during the recreations and i i wish they i, I don't know everybody's style here I, I know bishops to an extent because i've i've worked with him and i know how he he works but um when there was casting out being done uh, and then we we can actually talk about the two episodes that already aired contractually speaking so um i did notice that in, in the reenactments they kept saying i command you to get out and that in itself is was a problem for me personally because the way i was brought up the way i was taught as a religious demonologist in case i ever had to actually do a deliverance you never actually address it that way 
It should always be Jesus Christ commands you to get out because mm -hmm. you don't have that power. It is he who is in thee that has that power. And I, I that's the only message I wish they, they would have consulted with all of us before having it recreated um, because I, I'm afraid that there may be some people out there that may feel bold enough and emboldened to actually go out there and say, I command you to get out. When in fact, it's Christ that is within you, the Holy Spirit that is upon you that is commanding that demon to get out in the first place. That's the only thing I have to add to this. Yeah, I have to tell you all, I did watch the episode three times. So um, I have Discovery Plus, so I couldn't watch it until the next day, until Friday. Um, but I watched it first by myself, and then I watched it with my daughter, who, by the way, that scene... Um, in Rita's story where the mom's on the lawn and the daughter comes out, my daughter let me know very firmly that, no, she's not helping me if that happens, <laughs> that she's leaving me there by myself. <laughs> um, and then I watched again with a friend. And I have to say, I really did enjoy the stories. Um, I, of course, afterwards, I talked to Rich. And I'm like, OK, what part of this? What, what was this? Did this really happen? What did this, you know, because I know that. To a certain degree, Hollywood's always going to add a little something. That's that's just the way they are. I really wish that they would know that the stories themselves are important and interesting. You don't need to add anything to them. So that's what I really hope that uh, when it comes time for the second season, I hope that uh, production really looks and says, listen, these stories, they're interesting just as they are. We don't need to add anything. But I do want to congratulate you because I am, well, I've been watching these types of shows for years. And um, I'm kind of a hard critic, but I actually really, really enjoyed the show. And I just want to let all of you know that. Rich is raising a quiet hand again. Uh, real quick question before we go to break. Uh, Bishop, uh that was the actual doll they used, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they actually used the real doll. Man, oh, yeah, that brave. is right. Because I was I was thinking, that's his doll. Wait a minute. Unless they, yeah. they did a, a... I left it there because I asked Brian, and I said, do you want it for the recreation? He said, yes. So I said, okay, just make sure you take care of it. And that's why Reverend Sean Winningham was actually holding up the cross like this because the, 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 the doll was actually there. It was, yeah, we they were, actually used it doing the round table so he was hiding behind the cross <laughs> and that's good for people to know that there was you know a reason that that doll was there and i know rich had told me that it, that was the actual doll and i was like yikes he was sitting in one of the church pews watching us do the show the whole time it's creeping me out and then bishop long if you know correct me if i'm wrong you had issues traveling out from the East I Coast. I did. I did. I'm, You're I'm with better, the doll on the plane. Matter of fact, I, I missed my connection because uh, for three hours, uh, one of the light bulbs in the cockpit kept burning out. And the, cock, the, the, the captain came on and said, folks, I've been flying for 40 years. Uh, this light keeps burning out. I'm like, oh, good God. So I got up and blessed it uh, quietly again, you know, just kind of opened up the thing real fast and blessed it again. And finally, you were able to go. But uh, yeah, that, that's, that's, that really is no joke. I think what, what was really strange to me when I walked into that house and I, the whole house was burnt down and that that doll was still there. That I'll still I'll never never forget that. But it's it's the laptop 
And it was, it was seen by a room full of people at the Louisville Mid-South Paranormal Conference in Louisville. I'll never, that was just insane. That was insane. Scott? I can tell you when we were filming that, Bishop was like, do you want to touch the dog sitting next to him? And I'm like, so he sets it in the pew. And I think you put it like under a stole or something. Okay. And it was behind a pillow. But for like three hours, this entire side of my body felt like I was on fire. And I sweat a lot. So at first I attributed to that. <laughs> but then I was like, this is way beyond the normal thing. And then once he moved it, it went away. So it was, it was, and it gave me really a lot of anxiety too. There was a whole lot of craziness that, with that, that thing. That doll was literally hot for you. At least someone is. Oh boy. <laughs> I think it's time to hit a break, Vicky. It's time. Well, not, not the complete break, but the short break. Yeah. The yes, short we're break. not going to stop the show, but yeah, we're going to go to break. Uh, when we come back, we have more questions. I know that a couple of you, have um, things that you have to do, important things with your congregation. And um, so some of us will be returning after the commercial break. And until then, we'll see you in just a few minutes.
And welcome back to Greetings from Beyond. I have to go directly to a question for Rich. I want to know, every time I make fun of you, I get in trouble. Sean apparently can do that and escape punishment. What Explain makes you think he escapes? Oh. No, I I always have a. I, a... I never escape. He, you know how many times he's delivered cold Chinese food to my home. <laughs> I, one way or another, I pay for it. You know, uh, I, all I all I have to say is that when it comes to my comebacks to Sean, 
Um, I, I, I often get confused because I don't know if I should refer to him as Sean or Lawrence Morrison because he, he has like these two, you know, different personas that he goes by now these days. And that is a great story, too, if you want to hear that. <laughs> That truly, and it, and it, and you guys would all it, it ties into everything we do. She's she's the host. So ask her. Hey, well, he's been my insult buddy, so he's got the floor. <laughs> the actual uh, my I had a stage name once upon a time a few years ago, called Lawrence Marice, and Lawrence was my father's first name. May he rest in peace. And Marice was my mother's maiden name, and she was Brazilian. May she rest in peace. So I took his first name, her last name and created um, Lawrence Marais because I was going to do another show back in the day. And it was about uh, a f the female exorcist who was my mentor and her team. Um, what I know now looking back, it wasn't going to be anything like the show that uh, Legion of Exorcist, nowhere on that level. But the show was all green lighted and ready to go. And it was actually going to be on Lifetime, which at that time was called Lifetime for Women it was about this woman exorcist but at that time exorcists were really under attack and being targeted by cults uh satanist uh, devil worshipers uh, there, there was a lot of uh, they were targeted and a lot of them were uh, being hunted down so for security purposes they the network had us all come up with these these stage names so I just kept that and formed as a tribute to my parents when they passed away. I formed that other um, Facebook profile with um, the, that name. But that is still, uh, I don't know, maybe Bishop Long might know a little more about this. I haven't delved too much into that danger in a long time, but I wonder how much that danger is still very real for all of us. Before we go there, I think there's a question uh, there that should be answered. What would you say to someone that's having nighttime experiences where they physically see like an unseen force is having inappropriate contact with them? Does it mean it's something demonic? Well, we have the panel to ask for that. Rita, well, how would you answer that question? I think you're still muted. I would need to know a lot more about the, the particulars going on. What, when did it start? What, you know, who's in your house? Um, there's could be psychological trauma. It could be that there, you know, actually are demonic forces there, whatever. I would just have to have a lot more information to go on. What about you, Donnie? Well, if she mentioned, whoever it was mentioned, Meredith, mentioned inappropriate contact with them. So I would assume that there are some sexual contact going on. So it could be a spirit spouse. And we deal with that a lot in the ministry, spirit spouses, uh, which are demon, incubus and succubus. Uh, they come, incubus usually attack the, the women and succubus attacks the men. They come, they come in their sleeps and they inappropriately have sex with them. However, I've seen uh, witches and warlocks that have astral projected and were having sex with um, or trying to uh, inappropriately touch or whatever uh, people in their sleep as well. So I suggest that person get before a trained minister. Uh, it's definitely not of God what is definitely happening with them. 
So my suggestion is you get before a trained minister and let them minister to you. Now, being exorcists, being dealing with the darker side, the demonic side, do some people avoid you? <laughs> do you walk into a room and people are like, eh? or do you find that you pretty much encounter people who see you as a person with a calling that can handle situations and they have no, no fear of being around you? Well, for me, I'm going to tell you, just like what Meredith's going through, I get this stuff all the time. My, my phone is blowing up all the time. Not only that, but they're being attacked demonically about, about other things or dealing with witchcraft. They're seeking me. And um, I have so many calls. I'm, you know, that, and I have uh, five other pastors working with me, and we're all stretched. So I don't, you know, if there's any fear of them being around me, it's what's in them that fears me. It's not them that fears me. You know what I mean? So, because uh, greater is he that is in us and he is in the world. So God be before us, who can be against us? So darkness don't like light. So that's the only fear that I can see. But normal people won't fear me because, I mean, I'm human just like anyone else. I'm not trying to be anything other than who God made me to be. Rita? Um, to, you know, to, to fear of the environment or whatever is actually people that have demons in them. Um, I have the, the gift of seeing their eyes go black. I know when someone has a possession. A lot of times this happens to me when I'm in like a restaurant or a place where I'm not actually actively looking for demons, but I will feel someone staring at me or whatever, and I'll turn and look at them, and their eyes are just black, and they're just staring at me. Um, they're the only ones that don't want to get anywhere near me. I know myself, um, I'm a psychic medium. And sometimes when I go in a room and I say, oh, I'm a psychic medium, people literally back up. I guess they think <laughs> I'm gonna read their mind, which I don't, I wouldn't read anybody without permission to begin with. Um, but I know I've had adverse reactions to people knowing what my gift is. All right, we have a comment just let everybody know. Eli Roth presents the Legion of Exorcist episode two tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Unless you have Discovery Plus and then you have to wait till Friday. <laughs> like I do. They're doing something different this week too. They're going to uh the, the new episode airs at ten and then at eleven they re air the previous week's episode again. So people that missed episode one will get to see it right after they air episode two. What would you all say to the person, the naysayer, the skeptic, who comes to you and says, demons don't exist? Well, why are you doing this? Demons don't exist. What is your response to them? Rita, you want to start? Well, as someone who has been picked up and thrown into a wall head first by something that can't be seen, um, I'd like to differ with that. Um, I mean, I've done 200 plus cases. I'm sorry, they, they just are. And if, if, to me, that's ignorant to think that other forms of paranormal or, you know, um, other cryptids and other, all this other stuff that exists out there, whatever it is the person believes in, um, apparently they don't believe in God then either because you can't have one without the other. There's there's God, there's demons, there's, you know, evil and all that. I, it, it's... I, I just feel like it's a, um, a statement to 
where they are maybe in their faith. Bishop Long, how would you respond to someone that says that demons don't even exist? Why are we even talking about this? Well, I would ask them, are they Christian? And what if yeah. they respond, yes, I am? And then, then, then I would say, then why are you calling Christ a liar? Because that actually was one, a, uh, that was a very important mission that he bestowed upon his disciples. There are 58 verses in the Bible about exorcisms. Uh, that we see in scripture and furthermore christ commanded his disciples to go and cast out demons jesus spoke about demons quite often and if it wasn't important to him uh, then he wouldn't have mentioned it but he did and so therefore it is not our place uh, to question christ in my opinion uh, if you're going to call yourself a christian i understand you know we, we all look at the psychological first we have to always look at the psychological issue and rule out the look at the logic but there are things that psychological illness does not cause a person to levitate or know latin or speak aramaic backwards or whatever it might be or prognostication retrocognition they don't have those abilities so i just look you know what i, I a long time ago i got so stressed out because in the paranormal community it was vicious i mean oh my original oh my God, it was oh, vicious. Yeah. When online radio first started in, 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 in 2003, 2004, it was terrible. I mean, people were seeing some of the most god-awful things. And it really stressed me out because I was like, what's, what's people's problems? And then I've gotten to a point in my life where when people say, well, I don't believe in demons, I say, okay, that's fine. I'm not here to convince you that demons exist. I'm here to help, I'm here to help the families who know that they do. And then I'm at peace and I walk away. That's yeah. it. Rich? I'll never forget. It was, I believe, and Bishop can correct me if I'm wrong. It was uh, Mid-South 2015. And Bishop specifically asked Cat uh, Lang and myself to meet him outside along with security because he had been getting death threats. Yes, and we had to escort Bishop James Long into the building with security and police and Cat uh, and myself. And he had to have security around him at all times while he was there just to deliver his speech and forget sticking at the table for too long, because if he had to move from the table, we had to have security move with him. Uh, and this was 2015. And I guarantee you, things have gotten worse nowadays. People feel emboldened. Uh, there, there's a lot of people out there that feel that they can take it upon themselves to show you how they feel and they don't care if, if they they take you out with a gun or with their fists or with a stick or a bat um if they're really emboldened and passionate about something they will do it so every single one of us here that are now in the public eye and have been for some time also dealing with not only the 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 you know theological side of things but the paranormal side of things people tend to just be haters and and it's what's around them what's within them that acts out and uses them as a vessel to work against you so yes definitely it's it's very very dangerous out there especially we have a target on us at all times not not only by by the spiritual realm but also by the physical which is affected by the spiritual realm all that said do you or have you at any point, everybody here on the panel, and I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Has it ever gotten to the point where it is so traumatic or it is so overwhelming that you considered stepping away from what you do? Sean? 
I actually did twice step away from the field only to have God pull me back in and, and show me that, you know, I put you on this path. I'll decide when it's time for you to stop. Um, and both were results of my wife and I being victims of extreme demonic attacks. I'm only human. You know, uh, I get still get scared. And um, these these attacks were very, extremely frightening. And um, my wife almost died from her attack. And I think I may have died during my attack. And um, it's just, uh, yeah, both those situations made me leave the field of deliverance ministry and, and doing this because it was just uh, too much for me at the time. But then, you know, God, uh, if he has a plan, he's going to he's going to show you. And I was uh, both times I walked away. He showed me that, uh, you know, no, I'll tell you when it's time to leave. You need to get, uh, you know, back up on the horse, if you will, and, and, and do what, you know, I want you to do and, and what you were meant to do and what I'm calling you to do. But uh, yeah, a couple of times I did leave the field. Donnie, how about you? Has there ever been any such extreme experiences that you just had to step away? No, no. Uh, my thing is obedience to the Lord. And uh, with me, uh, even though I've dealt with some pretty heavy duty cases, but I know that uh, he is with me and the Holy Spirit is doing is doing it. I'm just a vessel to be used by him. So uh, the only thing that will come against me uh, when I'm ministering where it makes you think about stepping away is fatigue. It's when you're when you're laboring for so long and with so many people. And just like Bishop Long was saying earlier, you you have to you have to have it balanced. You have to have some boundaries. You can't do everything. You can't be everywhere. You can't minister to every person. So once you establish some boundaries and you're not being overwhelmed, and then also you, you need to make sure that you're led to go where you're supposed to go. If you go into a house or a situation, <coughs> God didn't call you to go there. And now you're dealing with territorial demons and now you can uh, uh, be uh, attacked heavily. So I always pray and ask, Lord, is this is the place you want me to go? Should I minister to these people? And I just, you know, rely on discernment for all of that. Rita, have oh, we got a we got a timeout. Well, oh, I'm I'm being mindful of Bishop. I know he has he has prayer coming up. Uh, do you have to go, uh, or can you stay? I can stay for about uh, nine minutes or so, and then I have to log off at seven thirty. Okay, just making sure. Mm -hmm. All right. Well hands all over the place <laughs> <laughs> i have the same i have bible study with bishop long too so i go where he goes okay my, my, well, my, condol my condolences bishop yeah well sean if you want you got me because we don't start bible study until eight but i have to make a phone call uh, for spiritual direction before i go on bible study tonight um rita has there ever been a time where you stepped away for any extended period i i did um and and it was for the reasons that that donnie spoke of we got to the point where we were doing two to three cases per week for over a year. Mm. And I just got so completely drained. Um, some of the, the, as bad as some of the cases were, um, it would take me, it, there was one case in particular that was so drained and strenuous. It took me over three weeks to get my energy back just on that one case. And then if you're having to do a couple others that same week and that you're just never getting caught up. 
and I was getting just extremely burned out. And I did have to step back, um, did for about six months, step back and just took time to breathe and, and time to heal and time to ground myself, which is something I don't take nearly enough time to do. Um, I don't actually ever think about it unless I am drained. So um, what he's saying about taking care of yourself, it's so important because we can't really take care of others if we can't take care of ourselves. Um, but yes, I, I have. I had to step back. It, it was for my own, just, just because my health was failing. Bishop Long, when you've had um, stepped away from time to time, when did you know it was time for you to jump back in? Well, only the, I actually, it was only twice that I contemplated. Once was because on the Travel Channel, when we did the exorcism live at the exorcist house, I was two, I was 420 pounds. And that was back in 2015. So I, I said, okay, either I'm going to stop uh, performing exorcisms uh, and wait to die, or I'm going to get my, my butt in gear and uh, start doing something about my weight. It was one or the other, because uh, I, I wasn't going to be able to continue the ministry. So I, I was at a crossroads because the demonic had been taking attack on me for quite some time. You know, if I, if I was the yeah, you know, I, I've taken a vow of celibacy. So there, there are times you get lonely, you get depressed, you get whatever it might be. So if I was sad, I went to have chocolate. If I went to or lonely or depressed or whatever, whatever, I always went to sweets. And the demonic was attacking. It was constantly slowly chipping away at my health until I was 420 pounds. And then I said, that's it. I've got to stop. I've got to, I've got to fix it. So uh, I took a year off uh, to, to focus 100% on my health. And then there was one case that was probably, I think, the most emotional case because I'm very stoic when I perform an exorcism. I'm very, very stoic, and not because I don't care. It's because I try to keep my emotions in check. But there was one case uh, that really got me, and she was 68 years old. It was an incubus case, very violent. She was ripped apart in her private area and her anal area. She was in the hospital. Her family and doctor contacted me. Um, and she was, it was God. I mean, she described them as bedwalkers, the three 10 pound bedwalkers crawling through her bed and then holding her down and doing terrible things. I mean, it was, it was God awful. I worked with her for five years. Uh, well, she had suffered for five years. I worked for her for three and she wasn't delivered. And I got frustrated. I got furious, furious, furious. And then I thought, you know what? I'm just not good enough. I'm not good enough. I don't know it. I, I just, I don't know what I'm doing. There's somebody more holier than me. I should... And I went to a Benedictine monk and I told him and I said, look, I've been doing this. I've done this. I've done that. I've done this. And he said, boy, get off the cross and let Jesus have a try. And I, thought, I beg your pardon. And he said, James, all I've heard from you is I've done this and I've done that. I you check your ego at the door. You've done nothing. You will. You are an instrument that God is using and the person will be delivered in God's time, not yours. And I needed that. I needed that because I was really questioning my calling, I was questioning my ministry, and I needed that swift kick in the rear. I, I had, I, and think, and I'm thankful for it. And so, uh, I continue to work for her, and she was eventually delivered. And when she passed away from natural causes, her family asked me to officiate her, her preside at her funeral. But that was the one time I think emotionally that I was broken, really broken. That's one of the reasons why I'm a Benedictine because the Benedictine spirituality is so important to me. Rich, I know that you have stepped down before because of health issues. Have you ever stepped down because of any other issues besides health? Yeah. 
Uh, yes, uh, actually, Bishop Long was privy to it, uh, where I actually thought a few times uh, people can be very vicious and speak a lot of lies about you. And, uh, you know, it's 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 very it, it hits your it hits you deep down inside because they're lies and, you know, you haven't done these things you're being accused of yet. You know, I, I'll never forget having gone to a convention and a convention I used to go to on, on a on a yearly basis. And because of these gossip, gossip, uh, you know, that were floating around, these people that were once very chummy and friendly with me were treating uh, Tammy and I like like we were, you know, like we were lepers and, and walking past us and looking at us, you know, like, look at them. And it's like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? And that hit hard. But, you know, I'll never forget what Bishop said. He said, people that are beneath you, and, and I, I think you can you can finish that off because I, I tend to forget, but people that are beneath you will try to drag you down to where they're at. And, and it's not really that that's where you're at. It's where they want you to be down there. Oh, yeah. And, your, and, your spirit irritates their demons and, and the fact that you are happy. And they, they, that you had something that they did not have, which is inner peace. And exactly. by God, they're going to drag you down with them because if they don't have inner peace, then you're not going to have inner peace. That's just and, some people that are like that. And let me just say this. Bishop to me is a brother that I never had. Uh, 13 years. He's He's been one of my closest friends, a brother. He's been the one that's dragged me out, literally dragged me out and said, rich shake it off now get going and the reason is the reason you're being attacked is because they know you're doing something right and by they you know what i'm talking about so that has always been the one thing that's kind of like smacked me across the head and said smack out of it shake shake it off move on and it's true and and he's right and just just this past week, I spent five days in the hospital with with uh, acute pancreatitis. I thought about it. I'm like, they're attacking me because they tried to get to everybody else that I cared for, and they couldn't because I was praying for them. So they got to me finally. But I pulled out. Here I am now, and it's because of everything that Bishop has taught me, and everything Bishop has taught me has come from the Bible and his faith in God. And the one thing that's resonated with me, has been for years, is have faith have faith because without faith you ain't got nothing yeah. Yeah. i'm stepping off my soapbox <laughs> all right yeah, well, i think people people need to realize at the mm -hmm. moment uh i i said, said this on the show i'm so frustrated with put with society putting demons and the devil here and god way down here yeah. And I, I'm so tired of that. And I'm thinking, don't you understand that you're a child of God? And the moment you begin to pray is the moment the devil trembles in fear. And people don't they, they don't think like that and they have to change their mindset. So pray and don't give up. Don't be a victim. Don't ever be its victim. Don't victimize yourself and uh, don't allow a parasite uh, you know, uh, to, to attack you when you're most vulnerable, because that's when they do. And, and that's what a coward does. And so they know the end. They know the end result. They know what's going to happen in the end. They, I mean, they're not stupid. They can quote scripture too. So they have the cliff version of scripture. They know what happens in the end. 
So pray and keep your faith. Yeah, they're the great Amen. deceivers. They can do whatever they need to to try to sneak in. But thank goodness we have people that can see clearly what their motives are and can help other people. I'm going to jump off. Clearly okay. now. Bye, bye, bye guys. Bye, bye, bye. Thanks. Uh, this comment is for Sean. <clears throat> Listen, when you guys go to film the next season, just so you know, Rich is scared of frogs. Okay. So I'm giving you a little something that you can use. Okay. <laughs> I just I just read all about frogs in Exodus, one of the plagues. I hate frogs too, so I don't know if I'll be able to do that one. I'll be as freaked out as he will. <laughs> you and I are gonna have a word, Vicky, after the show. All right. What word will that be? You love me? I know. No. <laughs> in all seriousness, we know that, um, especially in today's society, there's a lot of mental illnesses out there. And a lot of them can mimic certain behaviors that people might think are a byproduct of demonic possession. What tools and who do you have at your disposal to be able to do these evaluations to see if mental illness is an issue or not the sole issue, but a contributing factor to what may be going on. Donnie, do you have um, people at your disposal to do uh, mental health evaluations? Well, I, I personally have done some evaluations. I was in law enforcement 21 years and, uh, and I've worked the streets for 15 of those 21 years in investigation. So you come across people that are mentally oppressed that you actually have to put a mental hold on them. So I'm not an expert or a doctor in that area, but when in the ministry, when I'm ministering to people, you know, I can discern if it's a demon or, or, or a person. And the Lord has given me that gifting to discern if there is a person or a demon. And uh, because the demon is just strictly completely different in how they act and how they talk, most of them are. So, uh, but mental illness plays a part. I had a, a person the other day that I've been to that was mentally ill. And I just prayed for her mind. I just prayed for healing in her mind. You know, I don't try to do anything else other than that unless I'm led to. This particular person really felt that uh, uh, they were just saying some things that contradicted the word of God. And uh, I mean, really way out, really way out there. And uh and so I knew that was some mental illness, but sometimes the demons will play with that. They'll amplify that mental illness. So, um, so you, you're going to come across that in this ministry. You're going to see it all the time. You know, um, you know, when I get people that are mentally ill that I believe are mentally ill, um, I either if if I know that they need to go uh, get mentally evaluated, I'll just direct them uh, where to go, like to their to their hospital or doctors sometimes people are bringing people here to the ministry and, uh, and i said yeah and i and i just see if there's any demons i'll check to see if there's any demons that are affecting that and because uh, demons will will play into that um, but i just usually refer them to their mental health facility to get checked out sean do you have anybody in particular that does um, mental health screenings i actually i go 
and talk to a psychiatrist and a psychologist like once every couple of months because the last thing you need is a crazy exorcist in your home. Um, but I do, if, if I have an intake form I send out to people and a combination of the answers they give on that form and things that I may pick up on in my verbal interview with them, um, if red flags go up that I think there's some um, mental uh, illness issue, if they're not already under the care of a physician and on medication, if they haven't been clinically diagnosed with a, an illness already, then I try to hook them up with uh, medical personnel, you know, trained personnel to talk to them. Um, I am usually caught between a rock and a hard spot if I talk to somebody and they're honest with me. Sometimes they're not honest. But if I say, listen, I'm not judging and don't get upset with me, but I have to ask you this question. Have you ever been clinically diagnosed with a mental illness? Are you under the care of a physician and on medication? And if they're honest with me and say, yeah, matter of fact, I am, and I've been diagnosed with this, and I'm on this med, I usually, legally, I can't proceed. Uh, I have to advise them, and it's heartbreaking because sometimes this person is got a mental illness, but they can still be, you know, being attacked by the demonic. Um, and I have to tell them, listen, continue seeing your doctor, stay on your meds, I'll pray for you. And then I usually advise them to try and find um, God any way they can, you know, even if it's a, a nearby Christian, non-denominational Christian based church if they go there and they can get com fully completely submerged in the holy waters and rebaptized and start attending services and find a good support group in addition to their doctor try that but that's 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 hardcore i mean i've when my parents the last 2 years of my father's life and last year of my mother's life they were in and out of these hospice places and I would go in there with, you know, my Ghostbusting hat on or my Ghostbusting T-shirt on. And many of the nurses would come up to me and say, is that is that get up for real? Or are you just, you know, messing around? I go, no, I'm a paranormal investigator. You need to come here some night around 2, 3 in the morning. And because this place is off the charts haunted. There's a lot going on here that I think is more than spirits. But there's a lot of people here who have been diagnosed with mental illnesses that we believe are also possessed. And that's that's a crying shame because the medical field will not let you come in there and do what you need to do. And so I think we run into that a lot more than uh, than we wish we did. And it's a crime that we can't can't get, you know, just go in there, a holy water bottles a blazing and take care of it. Because uh, legally you can get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Rita, um, do you have someone that you work at, with in particular that does mental health screenings? Unmute. You're muted. I'm not sure how that happened. Okay. But <laughs> um, it, it depends. Um, I've, I, like Donnie, I've got discernment as well. And I can usually tell if somebody has a possession, um, it will, I will feel what they feel. Um, a lot of times they'll be tearing up their stomach and be, you know, 
at their throat, their heart, whatever, whatever it is, I feel it. Um, and, but even knowing that, like you said, they could also have um, some mental illness going on. You just don't know. I will ask them if they've ever been diagnosed with depression, anxiety, you know, any of that stuff, or what kind of medications are you on, all of that. And then I will ask if they, you know, if they say yes, they have or whatever, I will ask them to see their latest diagnosis um, from their physician or whatever. If they, you know, haven't been to one and they just think that they're, that they have depression and anxiety and all that, um, I will usually ask them to go to their, their general physician and have them, um, you know, refer them to a proper person to be checked out for that kind of thing. And you can tell a lot of times um, the ones that, you know, might be just, just saying stuff for attention. I don't get a lot of those. I usually get people that need help now. Um, so it, it really just depends. Um, if a lot of times, I don't know about you, with you guys, but it's like when they are possessed with something, they do have a lot of depression. They do have a lot of anxiety. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's a form of, of that demon even. Um, so it just, it just really depends at the time if it's something that, that we need to, um, you know, hop on right now kind of thing. Um, I've had, you know, I've worked with some people that I, I swear would probably be dead uh, in within a month's time if we hadn't intervened. So it really just depends on the situation, um, how severe it is, what's going on, you know, because you are even more of a target. If you have mental health issues, you can be definitely more of a target for that particular, you know, phenomenon. Yeah, definitely. Because as we've discussed tonight, demons are definitely bullies and they will or sharks that smell blood, and they will definitely go for any type of weakness that anyone has. Uh, on my team, I actually have a mental health professional, a licensed mental health professional, and uh, she is the one who actually conducts the initial interview. So while she's asking those questions, she's also evaluating and adding her own questions to that. So I'm very blessed to be able to have a professional at my disposal. Yeah. Rich? I do too. Um, Leslie Cody, who happens to be in the chat and works for the Paranormal Clergy Institute, is a mental health professional. And I often call on her if there's someone that contacts me or contacts me through the Paranormal Clergy Institute. And the, the, the immediate red flag for me is I'm possessed. Well, yeah. The, the reason it's it's an immediate red flag for me is that a person that is possessed doesn't know they're possessed. Uh, oftentimes, you know, one, one of the uh, symptoms of being possessed is you are not aware that you are doing the things, saying the things that are happening around you, the phenomenon that's taking place around you. It's usually someone else, your husband, your wife, your mom, your dad, that contacts the, the, the victims, uh, the the. The, in, in, on behalf of the victim but in, when it's a person that's saying i'm possessed that's a red flag for me and i immediately refer them to leslie cody because not only is she a mental health professional but she is also trained as a demonologist formally trained as a demonologist by yours truly 
and um, recognized by the United States Old Catholic Church. One of the first female demonologists out there uh, to to be recognized by, by the church. I'm not saying she is the only one to ever be, because I know there are others, but um, it, it comes in handy. And that's not also uh, to say that uh, mental health uh, or mental illness and demonic possession cannot be, you know, interacting with each other. It doesn't mean by any way, shape or form that a person can't be mentally ill and also have demonic possession or oppression uh, or attachments of any kind. It, it means that you have to go very tread very, very lightly because you have to be bear in mind that in the process of ridding this individual of whatever demonic attachment they may have, you also have to keep their mental health under surveillance at all times because they could go into a psychosis and then you are held responsible because unfortunately the laws nowadays i mean dare i say the case of emily rose uh or annalise mckeel actually what was her better was the name that she really had but um they believed her to be mentally ill um but in in reality she wasn't it was demonic possession but those two bishops actually did see jail time because she passed away right interesting um <clears throat> sorry one second <laughs> i was once told by a very wise man that coming across a demonic haunt had the same odds as winning the lottery twice in one year. How do you respond to those odds? Because I know that you all are very, um, you obviously have handled hundreds and hundreds of cases. So looking at that statement, what would you say in response? Bonnie, let's start with you. Well, for demonic hunts, or if you're talking about a building or then I would say there's a lot more demons to me, in my opinion, are, are making themselves, they're exposing themselves more mm -hmm. in these last days than ever before. Mm -hmm. There's so many people that are in fear. Uh, you have more people investigating them and they want to be seen, a lot of them. Uh, and so there's just so much evil in this world. A lot of doors are being opened. People are doing things that are opening the door for the demonic to come out and uh, torment their homes and things like that. So, so I would say more so now than when I was like younger, uh, I'm just seeing more activity all over. You know, uh, people are telling all kinds of stories that I'm hearing. And a lot of it is because of doors that have been opening open on either the land or there was some curse that was open. Uh, so I would say maybe in the past, but now the demons are not trying to hide themselves now, in my opinion. And so you believe that's because we're getting to end times that the stuff in Revelations is coming to pass? I believe the Lord is coming soon. I believe we're, uh, if we're not in the last days, we're close to it. And uh, the devil knows it and uh, he just doesn't know when. But uh, there's just more activity. I mean, if you just turn on the news, you see how evil this world has become. You know what I mean? 
So there's just a lot of activity that I see that's going on. And a lot of people are being affected by it personally, you know, in health, finances and things like that. We, we just see it all the time. Rita? When I first started doing paranormal investigating, that was back, I, my first group, I was 11 years old. Um, I had my first very serious group was when I was 16. So I've been investigating forever. And I remember, I will never forget this. I was told at that time that you had uh, a 5% chance of actually ever encountering a demonic entity at that time. And like Donnie says, the world has gotten progressed so much. And, and honestly, I got to say a lot of it is due to the Internet. It's due to television. It's due to, uh, uh, you know, all these these challenges that they come out with now to try to, to you know, do this for a demonic quest and all this. Uh, you can own a demon. Hey, go on, on eBay. You can take and, and get you a demon. Um, all the stuff. All it does is open another doorway. And it brings in more, it ushers in more. I'd say now, and and uh, some of this I get, that I, I haven't had a haunted house, a good old haunted house in over a decade. The only cases I ever get is demonic. It is dark. And that's because I'm the target. Like these gentlemen here, we are targets. They know what we do. They want to come up against us and they want to destroy us. Um, I couldn't get a, a good old haunted house to save my life now. But I think the, the big thing is, is that, that I think the internet and, and, you know, social media and television and all that has also opened up a huge portal for this stuff to come through. And like Bishop Long was saying, there's so many people now that, that put the demons way up here and put God way down there. And here we are. Sean, what do you think the um, likelihood of coming across with all the cases that you have as well? Do you think that that statement is like winning the lottery twice in one year? Is that accurate? You know, many, many years ago, I, I may have agreed with that statement. And but we're in a different time. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, you hear people say this and for lack of a better term i'm going to copy the the statement the veil now between the two worlds seems to be as thin as that it's ever been in my lifetime and there's just evil is running rampant all over the world um and i think there's no rhyme no reason um i sometimes sit down and wonder why and it's all got, again it comes back to god's plan everybody's got you know god's got a plan for everybody why God laid so many demonic cases in my lap, I don't know. But that seems to be the only thing. Even before I became well-known at doing this, I was, you know, after my wife and I had our experience, our very first really ugly demonic experience, that, and I stayed in the field, that seems to be the only case that comes across my desk now. A lot of them. And I have worked a lot of them. So I wouldn't agree with that statement now. But for some people... Um, that statement is very true, and God bless them. They're lucky that they're not constantly coming across and being confronted by this type of uh, danger, because that's exactly what it is. And I can tell you, I've had my own team since 2007, and I don't come across it. Is That statement for me is very true. Um, I have yet to come across anything. I always have Rich on speed dial. 
in order for him to come when I have a case and him come and assess for me. I do but, too, but it's for a completely different reason. <laughs> Lord. See, now you're going to make me order Chinese when we're done. Um, guys, I love you all. I respect you all. I'm, I had fun, and I'm so glad you guys invited me. This is what I want to say before I go to Bible study. Um, forget the show. I know I've made it when I'm on Rich's show. I know I've made it now, so it doesn't matter what happens to me, but I know Scott and Bishop aren't here. I'll be seeing Bishop in a few minutes, but um, um, Donnie, Rita, Rich, I love you all. You know that. Um, love you too, brother. And thank you for having me on the show and um, such a uh, professional host we had tonight, so thank you. And I will be, uh, I'll be seeing you guys soon. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you all. Good night. All right. And then there were four. That's my line. <laughs> oh, well, I, I'm I'm the host tonight. I'm not a co-host. Yeah. I'm the host, so I can say all the good lines, okay? Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask a question that I, uh, again, I'm pretty sure that I know the answer to. Ouija boards. What? is your opinion we'll start with rich this time what is your opinion on ouija boards um it's a tool that is uh, i believe one of the tools that has been used to it's been advertised as a toy to communicate with ghosts but in fact, it's a tool that is often used to open doorways for demons to come through. And there's one particular one, and I'm not going to name its name because by giving it its name, you give it power mm -hmm. that always comes through. And it starts with a Z. And uh, it's not a coincidence. And every single person that has ever come across this character, let's just call it that because I don't want to give it any power has always ended up with a lot of issues. And I believe that is one of the biggest lies that's been perpetuated upon this society is that this spirit board, Ouija board, whatever you want to call it, is harmless. It's a toy. But in fact, it's a tool. You might as well be conjuring with black magic, something dark forward. And they say, oh, well, the reason, and you'll always hear this from people that have used it. Oh, that's because you didn't close it right. No, it should have stayed in the box on the shelf and it should never have been purchased and played with because you're playing with fire. And eventually what happens with fire when you play with it is you get burned. So my opinion and only my opinion is Ouija boards are not a toy. It is something that will bring a lot of grief to your life and it can lead to demonic possession it starts with infestation and it starts with oppression and possession but the fact that it has been perpetuated as a toy and stealth wise thrown out there as a toy is the reason that it has had more success than the word of God being, you know, sent out to the world because it's on social media 
and it's it's sold as something that is harmless when in fact it's very harmful. Donnie, how many times have you come across a case where the person admits to having used one of these boards? I can't even tell you how many people have told me they've done that. And I've had people that have shared with me that their parents bought them Ouija boards for Christmas. You know, not knowing the dangers of it, they looked at it as entertainment. But little did they know that that is a very evil game and it opens the door to the demonic. You know what I mean? It is just very, uh, and you know, I've had people that play with Ouija board as a kid and they're now adults and they're still dealing with issues with that. So uh, it's a very dangerous game and they shouldn't sell it, but you can find them anywhere. I've even seen it advertised on Amazon. You know, a little bit they know is just extremely spiritually dangerous to be in possession and or be in the room when someone else is playing with it. You don't have to play with it. The fact that you are around it, the devil doesn't play fair. If you're in that area where people are playing that Ouija board, that gives them access to you as well. And they would torment you as well. I'll never forget how outraged I was. It was after uh, Disney's The Haunted Mansion came out as a movie. And my daughter was fairly young, but she uh, was taught by her mother what she should and shouldn't do. So she went on the website and they actually had an online spirit board that you could play with that was on this website sponsored by Disney. And um, she immediately, when she found it, she comes running and tells me because she knows she's not supposed to be messing with something like that. But I thought how dangerous that is because I've always had the contention that it is dangerous. It does open up communication that you do not want to start. And I just think it's irresponsible that it is available so readily and that it has been marketed as a toy. Rita, how many cases have you had where the uh, people admit to using Ouija boards? I don't think I'd be in business, honestly, if it weren't for Ouija boards. Um, I've cleaned up so many of those messes. Um, If I never have another one again, it'll be too soon. Mm. Um, It's just ridiculous. And and their whole instruction on, on, well, you know, you have to say goodbye. I'm sorry. That has nothing to do with it. It's not going anywhere. It's going, (laughs) I'm here now. So it's, it's evil. I don't know, you know, I don't know anything about the Parker brothers or whoever it was that invented it, but um, I, I have to, I have to wonder if they weren't full of demons to have done that because I mean, what a great tool for them to get through for them to just foist themselves upon anybody who God bless them, you know, thinks it's a game. Like you said, that's how it's marketed. And it, it's it's terrible, and I, I I wish there was some way to get rid of it. It it I just I remember back a couple of years ago. Do you remember how right before Christmas that movie Ouija came out, and Walmart stocked like a billion ones in all their different stores and made an absolute fortune on that? To me, that's blood money. Because what have you done to all these people now? That I, I'm. I know people that say, oh, it's a tool. You just have to know how to use it right. I'm sorry. I don't believe that. Yeah, I know that I I actually get a lot of flack from um, people because I have such a hard stance against using spirit boards. Mm -hmm. And it's not, you don't have to buy one. People are making them homemade and it's the same thing. You're making them with paper. It's the intention. That's what does it. Yep, absolutely. It has to do with the intention. 
and we got a shout out here. Hiya, Rich. Hope you're recovering well. Thank you. I am. We're happy for that. Well, we're going to be wrapping up here pretty soon. I want to thank especially our two last two remaining. You stuck through the whole show. <laughs> Hi, <five>, Donnie. <laughs> they survived. It's like Survivor. <laughs> well, I really appreciate. And um, I'm going to give you all an opportunity if you want to, um, you know, tell us how somebody can reach out to you if they need your help or they just want to reach out and maybe say, hey, great job on the show. Um, how can they get in touch with you, Rita? Uh, you can uh, reach out on Facebook. Um, I've got a couple. I've got a fan page there and I've got my my personal page there. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Instagram. Um, just look me up. Look up my name. You'll, there's only one of me. <laughs> <laughs> and Donnie, how can someone find you? Uh, just like underneath my name, uh, go to my website, www.liberationfreedomministry.com. And you'll see our service times or if you want to make an appointment, everything's on the website. All right. Rich, how can anyone get in touch with you? Uh, I, I got to say something real quick. Good. Way to go, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, a, that's an inside joke. Yep, yep. That, that started. I, I forget who started it, but it Sean. just it caught like Sean. wildfire. Yeah, and 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 during the filming. Um, well, what was your question? How can people get in contact? With <laughs> How can me? people get in touch with you? Through the show, greetings from beyond radio. Uh, look me up on um, on Facebook. Uh, everything Rich Valdez and uh, or, or demonologist Rich Valdez. And uh, also the real Rich Valdez um, on Instagram. Uh, and uh, sorry, not accepting friend requests right now. Just you know, follow me on the fan page, and uh, also follow us here, Vicky and I, every week, once a week, Wednesdays, six to eight p.m. Greetings from Beyond Radio, especially on YouTube. Uh, go ahead and subscribe, and you'll get your notifications. I'm sure. Did you get your notification, Vicky? Yes, I did. I got it. I got the YouTube notification. That's that's the most important one. Yeah. But other than that, hey, can, can I at least finish off the show the way I usually do and you can say goodbye? Soon as I give people how they can find me. Fine. You go ahead and do you. All right. <laughs> so if you are in the South Florida area and you're experiencing any type of paranormal activity in your home, you can send me an email at Nancy, N-A-N-C-Y, 38drew at AOL.com and Point Paranormal will be there for you. If you want to schedule a reading, you can find me on Facebook at Readings by Vicki, V-I-C-K-I-E, and you can also use that same email address. Now you can do your ending, Rich. Oh, now I can? Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> live life. Don't let life live you. And peace be still. See you all next week. Thank you, Donnie. Thank you, Bishop Thank you. Lee Estrella. God bless.